everybody. This is Kenny Bodkin, and I am joined today by Sarah Bodkin hey there. and Janice Marquez. Hi. Uh, we. Uh, this is uh, not a episode like we usually have. We usually have episodes. We do I've, usually. Have I've episodes. had a, I've had an episode or two, but uh, this is more of a check-in. Just to uh, hard, y'all. Yeah, quarantine's <laughs> a biznatch. So uh, we uh, just want to make sure you guys are doing okay. Uh, we are deep into this. It is uh, August 8th, and uh, it, it's, uh, you know. Yeah, we've been here for a million years. Yeah. You know how it is. And we're trying to stay safe, and everybody else needs to stay safe as well. Uh, to that end, uh, Janice is uh, um, my daughter as well. I have uh, three daughters, and and one son, and uh, um, and Janice is our eldest daughter, and uh, uh, she is in uh, New Mexico right now on a humanitarian mission, right? Taking a few days off from that to hang with to hang with us. But uh, um, so, what what brings you to our fair state? Uh, the heat. No, just kidding. The heat. That's not true at all. Uh, <laughs> it's the altitude. Kidding, <laughs> kidding again. Um, it's not the heat, it's the humidity. Yeah, although I admit that coming back to New Mexico after living away for such a long time is really hard because uh, what they don't tell you is there's no air here. <laughs> <laughs> it's super dry. It's like a sponge. It's like you walk outside and you feel it just sucking all of the water out of your soul. And uh, my, my mother keeps telling me to hydrate, and it, it doesn't matter. It really yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. You just New Mexico is a really, really dry place. When I went to Virginia a few years ago, uh, it's it's so wet and humid and foggy and all the time and then when I got back here I felt like uh, um, you know Spongebob when he when he's out when of he water, leaves you know? water yeah it's just crusty and <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like that I know what you mean I feel like my lips are super dry but for what it's worth this place is great for my skin <laughs> I, I don't care what they say it's like yeah. there's something about this dry heat that is really, really good for your skin. Uh, you don't really get this in uh, D.C. and Virginia. It's in the small print on the uh, license plate. It's land of enchantment. And your skin. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's not really why I'm here. The real reason why I'm here, um, we, I work with an organization called the Clean Water Corps, um, and we're an all-veteran force of humanitarians that do clean water missions all over the world. Um, we, Interestingly, we've only ever done work outside of the United States. Um, this has been our first ever U.S.-based mission, and uh, it sent us to the Navajo Nation, which is up near the Four Corners region um, right. in Colorado, Utah, Arizona, and New Mexico. Um, the Navajo Nation is roughly the size of West Virginia. And so um, early on, it was one of the hardest-hit locations by COVID-19, and so we got to go up there probably during one of their most trying times. Uh, though we weren't there for COVID, we were there to provide access to clean drinking water. You would think that in the United States of America that that wouldn't be necessary, that we have an infrastructure for for clean water, but that's not the case. You would think, um, and it was, it was eye-opening for myself and my team. I was there with a group of six other folks and we were partnered with um, some some folks who uh, live and work down there permanently. And to see how some folks live in the United States of America was a little dumbfounding. Um, there, I've seen 
the, the same type of instances in the global south and to see it happening uh, just right here in our backyard. Uh, I, to say the least, this is the project that, that broke me, uh, that you see the people that you grew up with, the people that you've known your entire life, right. um, and the level of suffering that, that they go through and that their grandparents go through. Yeah, that's that's got to be heartbreaking to 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 witness, you know, firsthand. We we hear about it on the news and stuff like that, but we're we're right up here in the middle of civilization, you know, and <laughs> for what it's worth in New Mexico, and uh, um, and we're a couple hours drive from third world poverty. Yeah, really, but I, I will say that. Uh, it was one of my favorite ever Clean Water Corps trips. Yeah. Um, I've been uh, uh, mostly to Central and South America, uh, Latin America, and uh, this was just one of the more rewarding trips, probably because it's my own population. Uh, yeah. It's the people that I've known my entire life. And uh, I got to come back to New Mexico, which was, which was pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. If, uh, if a trip like that drops you off next to something that you wanted to do anyway it's got to be a bonus yeah Just definitely <laughs> and there was one instance and i'd say there's a silver lining to all of this uh, i've been working on starting another company um, called athena and irene um, but the the purpose of the company is to bring the goods products and services of disadvantaged populations to market um, and sell them at at prices um, in uh, the western world yeah and so f some of the first products that I found are all outside of the United States, but I actually found something that is so, so very cool uh, in the Navajo Nation made by a woman named Gloria. Yeah. Um, and they're called sand paintings. Uh, and she told us the story of a sand painting, and I may very well butcher it, so sorry. Yeah, yeah uh, no one's keeping score. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Gloria, if you're listening, I'm really sorry. Um, <laughs> But the the story of a sand painting, uh, they, the the Navajo tribe would grind up various types of stone and rock. And for for anybody who's seen the Four Corners region of uh, of the Southwest, there's color, there's vast color. You have red rock, you have there are black, there's turquoise. There are just so many different stones, and they grind them up and they turn them into paintings out of sand. Um, and so. Gloria was one of the women that we visited to provide clean water access. And as we were leaving and finishing up the project, which was, she, I'd say that there's usually someone on each project that really sticks with you. And, and she, uh, she took a piece of my soul, to say the least. Wow. Uh, but as we were leaving, she pulls out these uh, uh, candle holders that had been sand painted by her daughter and so at that point, I'm interested. Uh, I, was, I wasn't leaving anymore. I was going to stick around and hear the story. And so yeah. she tells the story of um, how she had, she'd learned very young at a young age to, to create sand paintings. And she passed the art down to her daughter. And so the, the, the candle holders that were, that were made had been designed by her daughter. And to see the conditions under which Gloria was living um, with no access to clean drinking water, uh, electricity, that sort of thing, but to see the talent that she had, right. it was it was mind blowing. I've, I've seen, seen the piece, piece that you're talking about, about and it's very precise, precise and very. I mean, it's beautiful, but yeah, I mean, it's it's got it's got um, how do I put it? It has edges, you know, where 
it, it would seem very difficult for one color to not bleed into the next when you're working with something like sand. Absolutely. And it's, it's beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous. And you see, growing up in New Mexico, you see these all the time, but this was crisp work. Uh, yeah. This is some of the better work I've ever seen. And um, so my plan is to get back in touch with Gloria, have a sand painting or two commissioned, um, and then I'd like to get it in front of uh, the Smithsonian's Museum for the American Indian in Washington, D.C. That'd, that'd be awesome. Gloria has a great story. Yeah, um, yeah. With it comes tradition, and with it comes um, a type of craftsmanship that we just don't see very often in the U.S. anymore. Yeah, the, um, the story always is <clears throat> just as important as the work of art a lot of times, you know. I mean, it, uh, that's, that's really cool. That's really cool. So Ways for Water, what are they, I mean, uh, it's not that I'm not talking to you, Sarah, but. Um, <laughs> it's all good. I'm just here to listen. <laughs> so what, uh, what, is, what is the mission of Ways for Water? So uh, Ways for Water was um, founded by a group of surfers who would travel around the world uh, and provide clean drinking water access. Uh, they did a lot of really great work. Um, and so it was cool. It kind of fit with their mission. They would go around to uh, very various um, beachside locations uh, to surf, but then they would go inland and uh, provide um, water filtration systems to, to local populations. And so oh, it was just awesome. this really cool way of giving back. Fast forward a couple of years, um, and uh, um, the, the the veteran group insert stage left or enter stage left. Right. And. Uh, they, I think the interesting part about veterans is that you can drop a veteran uh, anywhere uh, and have them uh, mesh with the population and have them really understand what's going on. And so you can, you can put them into some of the world's most austere locations and they'll thrive. Uh, right. And so the Clean Water Corps has done exceptionally well over the last couple of years. And I, I, I definitely miss going on as many trips as I used to, but... COVID sort of stands in the way of that. Right, right. I'm going to, uh, in the show notes for this episode, I'm going to put a, a link to the, the video that, that you sent us um, for Waste for Water, if that's okay. That, uh, that shows what you guys do. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's really, that's super cool. That is super cool. Um, I, I work, I'm a uh, government contractor now, but before, uh, way, way back, I did I did some time in the in the Air Force, and uh, and I work with a lot of veterans. And what the idea you get here the most is is when they get out, they they don't know what to do with themselves. They don't know what to, what their mission is, and and this just seems like such a wonderful way to not only help the communities you visit and mankind in general, but help the veterans who are doing this work. That's it's got to be incredibly rewarding. A keen observation. You're absolutely right. Uh, yeah. It's providing veterans with that second mission, the that something else. The what do you do? We've we've given veterans so many skills while they're in. Right. Why not harness all of those skills and put them back to use? I mean, I think they the, the government spends so much money on us to to create a certain type of person, and that type of person is the same one who functions uh, exceptionally well. In, in the Global South working on uh, humanitarian missions. Right, right, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, COVID's kind of taken a 
big leap of uh, stopping a lot of this going on right now, though? Or It has. Um, yeah. Projects have slowed down quite a bit. Now, there is still a bit of demand um, just because there's a, a, a pandemic going around does not necessarily mean that people still don't need access to clean drinking water. And yeah. so it's this, we're sort of in this weird holding pattern like most people. Um, we don't want to expose people by traveling internationally, but we also uh, recognize the value of still providing clean water access. Um, yeah. yeah, I get that. And so our partnership in, the, in New Mexico, they came with um, essential employee letters, which basically said that um, we were here uh, to, to provide some sort of medical expertise. Now, it's not medical, but it is definitely healthcare and wellness related. Right, right. That's that's awesome. That's uh, um, being able to help like that's got to be super rewarding. Now, uh, you you did uh, you did how many years in the, in the United States Army? Uh, nine total, eight active duty, and then one in the National Guard. Yeah, that's can you uh, kind of. Tell us a little something about what you did while you were were in, without going into uh, all the details. I'm sure, but <laughs> uh, no, I'd have to kill you. Yeah, I don't want that. <laughs> uh, I, I've grown to like you. I don't want you to anyway. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, the last thing I did before I got out, I speak a couple languages, um, but I tried out for this program called Cultural Support Teams, which assigns women to special operations teams um, all over the world. Um, right. I was the second iteration, and I know that the girls who are going through today, uh, have their training's just a little bit different than ours was, but um, they um, put us through a, a, an assessment and selection, a training pipeline, and then deployed us overseas. Um, my deployment was with Green Berets in Afghanistan. Uh, my That deployment was, what, two, 2012, I believe, um, and we were in Kunar province, but uh, the intent was to engage with women and children on the battlefield, uh, right. whatever that looked like. And really, every team had a different mission set. It just depended on the needs of the area. Um, and so the women uh, who are part of the cultural support team network are some of the most incredible women I've ever met. Um, they're smart. They're talented. They're educated. They're beautiful. They're, um, they're uh, what's the word? They're conversational. They understand. Badass. Um, they're, yeah, they really are. Like <laughs> they're, they're badass women, <laughs> and they're, they're so emotionally and physically tough. Right. Um, and so now, uh, to, to be very frank, I've recruited um, lots of former cultural support team members into the Clean Water Corps, and if there are any more out there, please come and join us. Um, That's awesome. And uh, I recommend them to my current job quite often. I just think that... Um, this is a group of women that I that I, I genuinely trust, and I've never met one uh, that I that I haven't been just totally infatuated with. That's great. That's awesome. So, uh, and and you were in for nine years, and uh, and after I mean you've you've bounced around the globe, much to your mother and my's dismay. <laughs> you bounced around the globe and done some really amazing stuff and. Yeah, you know, and we're awfully proud of you. There have been some countries <laughs> that I didn't want to tell mom about. She, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she, she's not going to be too tickled about some of them, but uh, they've, uh, you guys have all been super supportive. And yeah, uh. well, you bet, you bet. Um, the uh, um, 
the, the time spin away, you know, I mean, it's always, uh, I mean, during wartime, uh, you know, your mom would, would stop watching the news and stuff like that, and she wouldn't, you know, because every time something happened, it was like, you got to get a hold of Janice, you know, and never. Yeah, it's never probably ends. better. Uh, every time I, I go overseas, I tell her, just don't watch the news, I th- because <laughs> not that not that I don't want her to be aware of what's going on in the world, but I don't want, like, the frantic phone calls uh, and the way it, it works, and I'm sure there are some folks out there who deal with the same thing, when... When my mother is worried, she won't hang up the phone until <laughs> she can get a hold of you. And so she crazy calls right. <laughs> <laughs> until you answer or send her a text or an email back. So just let, keep mom away from the uh, other news. If I've, if I've gone someplace and have forgotten my phone, by the time I get back, there's like 30 phone calls. And, uh, you know, she, it's because she loves you and she wants you to... Touch base. And not die. <laughs> that she wants too. Me to not die. That too. That's that's pretty tall on the list. You haven't experienced many of the crazy call times, have you? No, I'm I'm an angel. Well, are you now? <laughs> <laughs> so you still have her convinced. <laughs> well done. She might listen to this. I don't know. <laughs> we um. Uh, we're, we're lucky to have you here for the short time we do have you, you know, and that's, and that's really cool. So, um, and you're heading back home tomorrow. Yeah, I am heading home sufficiently dehydrated. Yes, yes. Back to, back to moisture. Back to moisture. <laughs> yeah, we um, uh, had a, I, I wouldn't call it a long monsoon season, but we did have quite a bit of uh of rain out here in the last couple of weeks it just is beautiful it's just really nice and wet and you know and the, the lawn got out of control and everything like that and, and then it just stopped that's hot and dry again you know but it's i know i miss the rain i'm ready for it to come back already yeah yeah i hear you i hear you well um is there anything uh coming up on your radar sarah Nah, dog. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna be uh, writing a lot, and um, so yeah, look forward to uh, better researched podcast episodes for sure. Because <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's. I think sort our of audience has come to expect, to expect a, a, a level of unprofessionalism from us. I don't think we should change that. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the numbers. There's lots of people out there listening to. Uh, let's just guess. From everywhere. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I'll be writing. Um, I'll probably release some uh, blogs and things of that variety out there at some point, so I'll keep you posted on that. The um, uh, Your schooling starts, and it's is it all online, or do you have to go, actually go to class? It's all online. It's all online? I'm so grateful for that, yeah. At uh, UNM? Yeah. 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 I'm just, I'm really excited. I um, I recently changed my major to uh, strategic communications. Yeah. Um, and so I'm taking, like, a media writing course and, like, a women's studies course and all of these different things. So Word. I'm pretty pumped. Starting to think I'm the dumbest guy in the room. Word. Okay. Wait, okay. why did I respond to that? <laughs> <laughs> I feel sort of insulted. This is the truth. <laughs> no. Uh, well, bless your heart. Well, um, I just wanted to do a, a short little little check in and uh, um, 
How are you doing, Dad? Uh, oh, me? I'm doing okay. I, uh, I, I kind of tweaked my back a little bit last week and have, uh, um, you know, but that's not neither here nor there. So there you go. There it is. There you have it. Ouch. But you're going to yeah. get better soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, where can uh, they reach you, Sarah? You can reach me on Instagram at Miss Sarah Sue Music if you want. Um, <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is that I always have all social medias uninstalled these days. Do you? Yeah, man. It's oh. just, yeah, I'm just, I'm So writing. when I tag you on something like a dog playing the piano or something? That's I don't cute, see you, it. You don't see it. I don't it. see it. You always have to, like, show it to me on your phone. I, I appreciate see. You making sure that my friends see it. <laughs> Why no social media? Huh? Why did you turn off all your social media? I sort of turned off all my social media because uh, I I just have a feeling that it can grow itself to be deeply distracting in a way that is incredibly toxic. And another thing that I'm sort of finding is since anyone can say anything on social media it's incredibly dangerous to trust that and that's all it is is people saying things and so um really what i'm doing is instead of social media i'm reading my news i'm reading what's happening in the world i'm reading opinion pieces from reputable sources very good i on the other hand i'm reading nonsense pieces from anybody <laughs> from who, the onion from, yeah from anybody who has a uh, Facebook profile they just uh, but know. I feel like that's another valid thing to do yeah because then you're seeing what other people are putting out there um, and you're seeing oh so this is what this person thinks whereas this is what reality is I, I saw a post the other day um, from someone who I, I trust and it was about the uh, about protesters they didn't give a city but protesters lit a building on fire with a child inside and then blocked the uh, fire trucks from getting to it. And I clicked on the little information button by it and says, yeah, this site's been flagged for putting out BS uh, quite a few times. So big grain of salt. So it never happened. Right. It just, um, yeah, you know, it was someone's It idea. said that in more professional terms, but I appreciate the way you said it a lot. You betcha. More. You betcha. Big grain of salt. Big grain of salt there, buddy. Uh, it was uh, it was developed by somebody in Gorky Park, I'm sure. And it's, uh, they, will, they will buy this and be more disruptive in America. And that's exactly what took place here. <laughs> so anyway, uh, and you have a social media you'd like to plug? Uh no, actually. <laughs> when Ian was in, we didn't get three minutes in. He says, I was told I could get a plug. <laughs> no, don't have. I mean, I, I have social media. I'm not yeah. going to tell you I use it or know yeah. how to use it even right. with that. And, and nobody got time for that. Because you're out living a life. What? Living Look a at life. you. Look at you. You can reach me through Sarah's social media. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be checked as often as you check your yeah, exactly. DM me. <laughs> Tell Janice that. <laughs> I, I feel kind of silly giving out my social media now. I'm on Instagram at KDBod. I think having a social media, I think social media is a great tool. Yeah. Um, also, I'm in charge of our podcast social media, and now you know why. 
I we haven't posted anything in like yeah like I'm supposed to be posting updates every week yeah. for um, what episodes are coming out and it just doesn't happen um, I apologize <laughs> um, maybe that's okay maybe if you want you can take control of that okay but I wanna, just you can I'm figure out how to really put them on make it easy for me and put them on my phone because I've got a because I usually do on my on my own uh, Facebook page, which yeah, hopefully which I you doubt can follow us ever, on Instagram, but yeah. um, and hopefully you'll see more posts yeah. than you have been seeing. I apologize. Oh, there's a there's a Spotify playlist out for our podcast. Oh my god, I forgot to talk about this. So yeah, so talk about it. So at the end of every episode, we have a sort of list that basically discusses um, each of our favorite songs from each of the different artists that we cover. Um, And I sat and did some real tedious work and I made a Spotify playlist um, including um, all of the lists that we covered. So it has a bunch of Linda Ronstadt, an excessive amount of prints. um, A lot of prints. A lot of prints. A lot of prints. A lot of prints. prints. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Don't listen to this with your kids, folks. Um, But yeah, it's... I was with your grandmother. Oh no! And we and I was listening to the playlist. Oh no! And I didn't know that sexy MF was coming up. Oh no! And it was. <laughs> Luckily, she's not a lyrics person. So. <laughs> but Prince's intentions are very clear. Uh, yes. So. <laughs> Anywho. Anywho, yeah, that's on my <laughs> Spotify account, Sarah Bodkin. Um, right. And you can find it under, uh, It's the playlist is called Rock Doc Behind the Scene. So you should Got be it. able to find it pretty easily. All righty. Well, we thank you guys for listening to us. So once again, Janice, thanks for thanks for coming out and, uh, and being such a superstar. And we appreciate everything you do. Blanket statement. We appreciate thank everything you. you do. Thanks for having me hey, and letting bet. me crash here. Oh, no problem. Mi casa es su casa. So let's, uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks a whole bunch. And uh, um, every Monday we have a new podcast coming out. Uh, and um, this Monday will be no different. It's going to be on a documentary on Austin City Limits, um, which has a lot of great music in it. And, uh, uh, we'll have that out by monday morning yeah for your your drive time to work yeah and even though this documentary doesn't cover brandy carlisle for the love of god go pull up brandy carlisle's austin city limits episode and while you're pulling that one up pull up john prine's last appearance on austin city limits because it will make you cry yeah i mean i'm a grown man with children and i shed it here when i watch that one it says that John, John Prine is, uh, is the man. And Brandy Carlisle is extraordinary. Brandy Carlisle is an amazing woman. She's definitely yeah. one of the most amazing public figures of our time. Got it. With that, we'll say goodnight and we'll see you guys next time. Later, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.